What's up, everyone? This is episode number 59 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. This show is also a proud member of the BenchClear Media Network, so I encourage you to give the network a follow on social media because we've got a lot of good stuff for you. All right, um, so even though there's no basketball right now, there is a lot going on in the hobby. I'm sure you know that. You've been looking at social media. You've been looking at message boards. You've seen it, right? Um, so a lot of this buzz, as you know, is involving Michael Jordan cards, and that's thanks to the Last Dance documentary on the Chicago Bulls that's debuting on April 19th, which is this Sunday. There is a lot of good Bulls and Jordan content out there for you right now. And I'm really excited about the documentary myself. It's something I've been looking forward to ever since they announced it. Um, I think it was about a year and a half or two years ago now. Uh, But as far as content goes, as far as hobby content goes, I'm kind of Jordaned out right now. And that's nothing against people that have been posting this week. Um, I'm sure I'll post some Jordan cards as this thing moves along. But today I want to take some time to talk about something that's entirely different, but still involves 90s players. And that is matching up Panini patches of retired players to the original game-worn jerseys of theirs that have sold through major online auction houses. Uh, Those auction houses typically include Heritage and Golden. Those are the first two that I look at, but I figure they might get them from other sources too. But no matter where they get these from, I want to take a stab at matching some of these relic cards to their source material. Uh, Before I get going, I know there are a lot of people out there that might not trust the card companies when it comes to source material. I know that these companies have made some mistakes in the past. That's not what I'm going to talk about today. For the sake of today's discussion, I'm going to assume that their sourcing is accurate and that all of the veteran stuff that's going into their cards is actually game used. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, okay, what's the point of matching these cards up to the source anyway? And I have several answers for that. And I know we all prioritize different things when it comes to collecting, so these might not be your answers, and that's okay. But for me, number one, it's just fun. Um, I like it. It's like detective work. It's like a puzzle for me. Number two, um, I feel like it gives you more insight into the logistics involved in creating a product, Um, You can see how much a jersey costs and how many products they might use it for, and so on. Um, And then number three, on some occasions when you can match these up, it even allows you to photo match the actual game that the jersey was used in. So I'm going to start off uh, by explaining several general tools that I use on the internet, and then I'm going to move on to three specific examples of jerseys I've studied in the last couple of years. So the first thing that you've got to do when you want to identify a patch of a player, you have to figure out what years he played for that franchise. And this is usually pretty easy. One thing that you might consider though is that sometimes players will play for an organization more than once. Um, But I use basketball reference for this. It's very straightforward. You can also look at specific game logs there which might come in handy down the line. Um, The second thing that you want to do then is to figure out what styles of uniforms were used in different years. And a really good resource for this is a website called sportslogos.net. 
once again, that's sportslogos.net. They also show a lot of the commemorative patches that have been worn. They show different logos. They show different jersey styles. So I use that as a major, major resource. Uh, let me give you an example here. Let's say you find a Black Bulls jersey with red pinstripes. And I think those are my favorite uniforms from the 90s Bulls. Well, if you go on sportslogos.net and you click on Bulls, you'll see that these jerseys are listed under um, alternate uniforms. Not only do they give you a picture, but they tell you then that they were only used for two seasons, which was the 95-96 season and the 96-97 season. Um, if you pair that with the fact that all Logo Man patches in 1996 and 97 were gold because of the NBA's 50th anniversary, this could be very helpful information if you're trying to narrow a Bulls alternate jersey down to a specific year. It's going to be either 96-97 if that Logo Man's gold, or it's going to be 95-96 if it's not. Because sometimes the auction houses that have these jerseys, they don't list the year. Alright, so let's, um, let's then take this thinking, and I want to talk you through a jersey study that I did for a former Bull, Horace Grant. This one had some pretty big clues from the get-go. Uh, my starting point for him was his, and this jersey was his 2018-2019 Immaculate Logo Man autograph, which featured a gold logo man, and then Horace is pictured in a magic uniform. Um, so that logo man being gold is obviously a huge help because I can already narrow it down to what season it was. So. Um, well, the traditional logo man is, as you guys know, is red, white, and blue. The 50th anniversary ones feature a gold silhouette of Jerry West, and then the rest of the patch was filled in with the same color of the jersey. So, for instance, if it was a, um, a road jersey for Carl Malone, it was a gold silhouette inside of a purple patch. So, um, the first step will be figuring out what style of jersey Panini used, finding possible sources at big auction houses, and seeing if they match up. I'm not too worried about specific games right now because I want to match. I'm just worried about matching the pieces with the source. If you can match the game on top of that, that's an added bonus. Um, that's not always likely to happen, although I will go through a case in a little bit where it did. Um, Alright, so this particular Horace Grant logo man was gold with black filling inside. So that told me two things immediately. Um, number one, this jersey was from the 1996-97 season because, well, the logo man was gold. Um, the second thing that it told me then was that it was from a um, black Orlando Magic alternate uniform because the logo man was filled in with black. Um, so then using sportslogos.net, I can verify that their official road jerseys were blue with pinstripes, thus the black ones were considered an alternate. I'm thinking that this might work to my advantage because I'm sure they only wore those a certain number of games for that season. Alright, so then the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Google Images and I'm going to search, I'm going to try and keep it simple here, Horace Grant Game Worn Magic. And I know I'm looking for a black pinstripe jersey with a gold logo, man. So that helps me to scan the thumbnails pretty quick. Uh, in this case, literally the first result is a black jersey with a gold logo sold by Heritage Auctions. 
Um, I know Panini purchases some from them, so I feel like this is a step in the right direction. Like I said earlier, sometimes there has to be some luck involved. You have to be as smart as um, and efficient as you can with your searches, but that still needs to be partnered with some good luck. So a lot of times, a jersey that matches up will not be the first result in your search. All right, so anyway, I pulled up this jersey from Heritage Auctions, and I see that it sold in October of 2018 for $504. Well, that's encouraging to me because um, Immaculate didn't come out for another year. So they had time to get the jersey and put it in their products. And then I remember them using Horace Grant magic patches um, in products like Encased and Cornerstones and Spectra throughout the year. So um, if this is the same jersey, they saved the Logo Man for the high dollar product where they needed it. Um, also, they got it really cheap, which is another indicator that hey you know panini probably went after it if they thought thought they could get it for cheap because they buy a lot of these guys that are um, established names not superstars though i would consider them product fodder and that's not a bad thing um i know somebody probably wouldn't want to be called that but you know it is what it is um all right so the next thing that i do is i make sure i'm logged in on the heritage website so i can look at the high resolution images and zoom in i want to see everything about that jersey that i can you know all the loose threads um, I, and they do have very very large images um, but you have to sign up for that it's free i can't encourage it enough so once i have the large jersey i look for those unique identifiers i just referred to like loose threads pinstripe placement, and so on. Um, I noticed that the word Orlando is screen printed on, but the star in the word Orlando is a patch. So that's something that you know might be worth considering for later on. Um, I noticed that the nameplate on the back um, lines up with the stripes in a certain way. So if I ever see any nameplate patches, then I know, you know I need to try and line them up with the, um, the lines the stripes in a certain way, that's usually a big deal. I noticed there's also a signature on the back of the jersey in silver pin that gets really close um, on some of the number patches. So some of the patch pieces might have part of an autograph on it. Um, in the around 2012 and a couple years after that, I think they had a set in Immaculate called Immaculate Marks where they took the autographed portions of the jerseys and they you know, cut those up and put those in cards, and that was pretty cool. I haven't seen those lately. The The last time I've seen something like that was in 2017. Instead of having a Wilt Chamberlain patch piece, they had um, a Wilt Chamberlain signed jersey, and they took the couple parts of that autograph and put it in and considered those patches, and, and nobody really complained because, a, you know, a Wilt Chamberlain autograph is definitely a prime piece. Um, but as far as the Immaculate Marks, I haven't seen that for a while. Um, okay, so that brings me to my next step. And that is where on my computer, I'm going to open a blank file in Microsoft Paint. Um, if you're comfortable with another program like Photoshop, I'm sure that could work too. In fact, it would probably be a lot easier. Um, but I, I just use Paint. It's it's free. It's cheap. I'm, I'm used to it. Um, so... 
Then I want to find every piece of Horace Grant Panini magic patch that I can, and I'm going to copy and paste all of these pictures in the same paint file. So I have just a, and I don't need the whole card, so I kind of trim it to where it's just the patch piece. So on one screen, um, and it helps because I have a, a dual monitor setup, but on one screen then I will have all of the patch pieces from cards that I've found throughout the year. So how do I find all of these? Well, there are three main ways that I like to use. You have current and completed auctions on eBay. You have completed sales on WorthPoint if it's older than you know, eBay's time limit. Um, and then also occasionally you'll find a current or sold listing on um, ComC. So for eBay and WorthPoint, I'm going to search 2018 Horace Grant patch. I might also use the word prime. Um, you know, if I really have more time to dig, I'll use the word jersey and even look at all that because sometimes people don't label the patches correctly. But for ComC, you have to be a little more specific when you're searching there. So I'll just search Horace Grant 2018 and I'll sort it by memorabilia. You can't really do that on eBay though. So that's one of the nice features of searching on ComC. Okay, so I pieced all of this together. Uh, and a lot of the pieces looked really similar to one another. I will try and get that picture on social media this week just so you can see what that might look like. Um, I didn't see any major loose threads. I didn't find any nameplate material that Panini had used yet, which a lot of times that makes it easier if they use the nameplate material. Um, I did, however, find one part of the screen printing in Orlando that had a distinct curve that none of the other letters had. And after kind of moving it around on the screen a little, I figured out that it came from the bottom of the letter N. Um, I thought I had a patch that matched it, so I went on paint and I actually colored in the mesh holes with orange so they'd be easy to see. I then sized the two images the same, made a simple overlay, and they matched. Um, that was encouraging. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that this jersey was the exact same one. It was a very good indicator that it probably was, but it doesn't mean that because the fact that it's screen printed, um, you know, perhaps all of these jerseys could be screen printed in the exact same spot with the pinstripes. And I found that that's usually not the case, but, um, you know, I looked at him wearing the black jerseys on um, online and it seems like, okay, maybe the screen printing could be in the same spot, so I wasn't 100% sure yet. All right, um, well, I, I guess I should back up a little. Where did I find pictures of him wearing the jersey? You'd think the best spot would be Google Images, but there's a, a much better spot when it comes to high-resolution photos, and that is gettyimages.com, G-E-T-T-Y images.com. Um, seeing as this was from the 1996-97 season, I'm going to have to run two different searches. The first one is Horace Grant Magic 1996, um, the second one is Horace Grant Magic 1997. And if the results show him in a blue or white jersey, obviously I skim over those. Or if it's a black jersey that doesn't have the gold logo man, I know that that's the wrong year and I just move on. Um, if you can't see the logo man specifically, just look at the other players because all of them had the gold uniforms. Okay, so like I said, uh, what I found is that it looks like the screen printing is the exact same on multiple jerseys but the pinstripes and numbers uh, patches line up in different places. 
So we can still um, distinguish these jerseys one from the other. And on Getty Images, there was a great close-up of Horace shooting a free throw where I can see the stripes in relation to the five and the four number patches because he wore number 54. So after this, I went back um, and I lined up certain pieces of the five and the four that I had from cards, specifically a, a National Treasures set, um, I think called Legacies or Lasting Legacies, something like that. Um, and I felt pretty good about them being a match with the jersey that Heritage auctioned off. It also made me realize how many pieces Panini has left. Um, unless they use this jersey for any of the jumbo sets like Flawless, they're probably going to stretch that $500 jersey purchase out for a really long time. Um, with all of that being said, you know, I've gone through this whole jersey study for right now. A lot of the work has been done, but this is one that I file away until some more patch pieces are revealed and I can confirm that it's the Heritage jersey for sure. Um, if I were a betting man though, after everything I've uncovered, I would say yes, I, I think that the jersey sold by Heritage is the one that Panini bought and used for these cards. Um, okay. So now, unfortunately, I didn't find any games that that Heritage jersey matched up with. I didn't find game photos where everything matched up entirely. Um, there weren't a lot of game photos for Horace out there, though, so I couldn't photo match it to any specific game. Um, that would be pretty tough to do anyway. Um, however, sometimes it happens. You will get lucky. Um, there are rare instances where you can match the pieces from cards to an auction, and then that auction list uh, maybe even will list separate provenance for the jersey itself. And that's what happened with the next one I'm going to talk about, which is a Mark Jackson jersey that I was tracking. Uh, it was a Pacers jersey, which happened to be from the same auction as the Horace Grant jersey. And one thing I've noticed about Panini is that they'll typically purchase multiple jerseys from the same auction. Um, there are a few others from this October 2018 auction that I believe I've seen chopped up as well. So that's one thing I'm always looking for is continuity. All right, so uh, let's talk about this Mark Jackson jersey. So Mark Jackson has been a staple of Panini products for years. He's always been a sure signer for them. I imagine he's cheap and dependable. Um, you know, I talked about product fodder earlier. So being cheap and dependable, that goes a long way when you're trying to fill out a product release with accomplished players because Mark Jackson Mark Jackson had a really good career. Um, but prior to their 2018 releases, Mark Jackson only had Panini memorabilia cards for the Clippers and the Knicks. And this was unfortunate for me because I always associated him with the Pacers. Well, I saw this jersey when it was auctioned and I hoped that Panini would get their hands on it. Lo and behold, they did. Uh, now, aside from it being a Pacers jersey, there were several things about this one that appealed to me. Um, several reasons why I really wanted them to pick it up. Number one, there were a ton of loose threads, meaning that this one would be easier, if they used it, would be a lot easier to figure out than the Horace Grant jersey. Number two, um, a company called Resolution Photo Matching had all, and yes, there are companies that do this, had already photo matched the jersey to a game against the Washington Bullets on March 27th, 
1996. So it's in their professional opinion that he wore this jersey on this specific date. So if you have cards with that material, then you know exactly what game that came from. And that's, you know, aside from the modern stuff, if it's like a Christmas Day game or something, it's really unheard of. You're not going to see a lot of game dated stuff, um, especially for retired players. So in my mind, then that left me to do two things. Um, Number one, I had to make sure that the jersey used in cards was the one sold through Heritage. So I had to see if I could match, you know, if I could find those loose threads on those cards and then match it all up. And then I also wanted to check the photo matching for myself to see if it checked out. Like I said, I know a professional company had already done it, but I didn't want to just take their word on it without seeing it for myself. Um, So to make a long story short, I did pretty much the same thing I did with the Horace Grant jersey. I made a big collage of um, all of the Pacers Mark Jackson pieces from Panini cards. Two of the pieces came from cards that I personally own. One of them is a near complete letter A patch that I posted on Instagram. And I actually tagged Mark Jackson in that and he liked it. So that was pretty cool. But um, the majority of the pieces came from Spectra and National Treasures two of the main products and the same products that featured Horace Grant patches as well. So hopefully you're noticing a pattern here and kind of how Panini fills some of these products out. All right, so, um, you know, looking at some of these pieces, I felt pretty good about the mesh holes lining up on a couple of, of the prominent pieces, including the letter A that I owned personally, but um, I wanted to dig a little bit further. So. I shelved the project for a while because I figured Panini would use Mark in their um, 2018-2019 jumbo patch set in Flawless. Well, they didn't. So um, after a while, I took to eBay again to see if any other patches had shown up. And I found a 101 from um, National Treasures that had been listed. And it was a decent sized patch that included a uh, pretty prominent loose thread which was the info that I needed to finally confirm that this was in fact the jersey from the October um, 2018 Heritage Auction. So that was exciting to me. I had matched the patches in this card um, up with a jersey that I had seen for auction before this set came out. So that was a really good feeling. Um, Now, I wasn't done though, because then what I wanted to do was I wanted to try and verify the photo matching that someone else had already done because they said it was from a specific game. So I thought, all right, let me see if I can um, verify that as well. And, you know, I'm convinced that these companies don't have a lot more to work with than you or I. Um, I think they're just using Getty images as well. So they need just as much luck as the common collector doing the work would. Getty didn't have a lot of Mark Jackson images from the 95-96 season, but they did have a few from the game that I needed and a few good close-ups. You know, what are the odds of that? So that was really cool. Um, So a couple of the free throw close-ups, I, you know, I blew them up, I looked at them, and there were five loose threads hanging in the exact same spot as the jersey that was sold on Heritage. 
Um, and just to be sure that, you know, I, all the jerseys didn't develop the same wear over time, I, I tracked down a jersey from a different game that did not have the same identical wear or loose threads. Um, when you combine that with the jersey mesh holes lining up on some of the other pieces, this makes me very confident that I do indeed have an exact match. Um, that goes to say then, sometimes the search is really rewarding, you know, such as the case with the Mark Jackson. I felt really good after this whole process, and I, I feel like even though the, the game itself wasn't historic, um, it's a very specific piece of history for me, um, and I'm very happy to own that. Now, there are other cases, more so than the Horace Grant jersey, where the search is not rewarding. And in fact, the, the search leaves you even more confused than when you had started. So um, I want to close today with a chase for a Ron Artest jersey from a 2005 product that I did. And I'll try and post some visuals up to go along with this throughout the week. I also made a thread for this card on the blowout forums in June of 2019 that you can refer to. Um, now, this is one that I felt really good about at one point because I thought I had some really good leads. But like I said, I came up empty. Still, even though you know I, I came through this not knowing um, what game this jersey was used in. Okay, I, I knew the jersey was acquired from NBA properties. That's what the card said on the back. But I wanted to know what game this came from. I thought I had some good leads. You know, I came up empty. But I want you to see the process worked out. Um, because it looks a lot different than the other two jerseys that I've talked about today. And it might give you a little extra insight for any tracking that you might try in the future. Okay, so um, when it comes to basketball cards and source material for Upper Deck, Fleer, and Tops, um, tracking those down, it proves to be near impossible. Now, if we're talking about baseball today, Tops currently has a great program where they have the uh, MLB authentication stickers on a lot of the pieces that tell you the exact game a jersey came from. Personally, I think that adds a lot of value to Topps MLB division. But when they owned the basketball license, we didn't have anything like this. And they usually got their jerseys direct from the teams or the league. Like I said, on the back of a lot of these cards, it said they were acquired um, straight from NBA properties. So there wasn't really a lot of discussion around them or what games they came from. Um, I know I've talked about a JoJo White card from the late 2000s. Um, I've talked about that one before where they seem to have cut up a jersey that was from the 1975 NBA Finals a series where JoJo was the MVP. And it's just strange to me that they never mentioned this because you'd think that that would add value to their product. You know, I would want to, if I'm tops, I would want to say, hey, you know, don't you want a, a chance to own this very unique piece of history? Um, but that never happened. And then there have been very few basketball sets over the years that showed the actual jersey that was used on the back of the card. This was more prevalent in other sports, mainly with Donruss. Um, but Topps brought this back to basketball for its 2005-2006 Topps Big Game set. And this, um, this set had one of basketball's earlier full-letter nameplate sets. And I've talked a little about it before. 
it feels a little like a precursor to Immaculate now that I'm looking back. Um, anyway, I purchased one of the Ron Artest letters and I felt like I could use the picture of the jersey on the back of the card to identify the actual game it came from, even though they didn't tell me anything about it. Well, why, how, did I, how did I think I could do that? You know, that might be what you're asking right now. Two main reasons. The first is that the Pacers were one of the few teams to feature pinstripes in that set. So I knew that, you know, the stripes could definitely work to my advantage. You could see where they were in relation to the letters and patches because it's usually a little different on every jersey. Um, Secondly, this was a jersey that had the number 91 on it, which we didn't see very long for Ron Artest. Um, He only wore that number for about five weeks because then afterward he... Um, as I've referenced before, he went into the stands and punched fans, and then that was um, the rest. That was the last we saw of Ron Artest wearing number 91. So, um, you know, I felt like there was a good chance, but here were some possibilities or factors that I considered from there. Uh, first off, this is a road jersey. So, you know, we had five weeks of games, but this likely cuts those, that, um, those five weeks, or at least the number of games, in half. Um, because, you know, it, it used to be that if you were playing at home, you were white uniforms. If you're playing on the road, you were blue or whatever was your darker jersey. Now that Nike's taken over, things are completely messed up. But, you know, when we're talking about the 2000s, that still applies. Um, the next thing that I considered was that it was possible Ron wore the same jersey for more than one game, if not all of them. And then the third thing I had to consider was that Topps might have taken this jersey from a preseason game, so I needed to look at those games too. So my work was cut out for me, and the first thing I set out to do was to find a schedule that included the preseason. Um, I thought this would be easy to do, as we're talking about 2004 here, but uh, Basketball Reference didn't have it. So... Um, I had to instead find the Pacers.com schedule page and plug it into the Wayback Machine and then look at a date for 2004. And for those of you that don't know about the Wayback Machine, um, there's basically, it's an internet archive that will show you snapshots that were taken of different URLs at different points in time. It can be really handy for stuff like this. Um, Using that, I discovered that the Pacers played 17 games in the five weeks that Ron wore number 91. Um, I quickly crossed off all of the home games because this was an away jersey, so that brought my total down to eight games. Um, I then remembered that Ron had an injury at the start of the season, so um, I looked at the basketball reference game logs to see which games he had suited up for. For the preseason stuff, I had to look at the ESPN game recaps. Um, But after going through the schedule and these recaps, I was able to eliminate a few more. I also felt pretty good about crossing the Detroit game off, um, you know, the whole brawl, because that jersey um, got stretched out pretty bad. And I could, um, I don't imagine they used that one for a tops card, although that would be um, pretty awesome if they did. Okay, so that took me down to five games. I felt like I had narrowed this jersey down to five specific games. So my next step was to look at pictures of Ron Artest from these games 
to look at the stripes, the pinstripes, and the patches to see if there were any similarities and differences. The only game I couldn't get pictures for was a preseason game against the Timberwolves that was played in North Dakota. Um, all right, so you know I'm going to cut some of these details out here, but using the pictures and the pinstripes, I was actually unable to find any successful match. So I feel like the process I used was correct, uh, but for some strange reason, it didn't match up. Now, like I said at the start of the episode, I'm going to assume that these companies have legitimate source material. So that could mean a couple of things. Um, number one, it was used in this random North Dakota game. Um, or maybe he used multiple jerseys in one game and Getty didn't have pictures from both halves. I'd love to speak with someone from Tops about this someday. Um, but I'll probably never know, which is kind of disappointing because I did go through a lot to try and find that information. But um, it was still a fun process. You know, it's still something uh, I, I don't regret it. And I would encourage you to try it at some point if you can. Okay, so um, there you have it. I wanted to give you something that's a little different and, and that um, hopefully you can see I'm passionate about. I look at patches all the time. I love figuring out where random pieces come from. I love a good chase. So even if that isn't your thing, I hope after today that you have a newfound respect for memorabilia cards. There are a lot of visuals that I compare with this episode and I hope to show you some of those throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. And I'd like to encourage you to post some of your favorite relic cards as well. Make sure you tag me so I can see them. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.